Turn your Bibles, please, to the book of Job, chapter 42. I'm still combining our offering thoughts and communion thought kind of together. We've been learning about the God who restores. Everybody say, the God who restores. Our key verses have been Psalms 126, verse 1. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. And you're going to see a little bit more about why people feel like they're dreaming today. Zechariah 9:12. return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare that I will restore to you double. Everybody say, God has a double restoration for my family. Now we've talked about the need for restoration. We said that sometimes it's the devil and sometimes it's circumstances in our text today. It was the devil who destroyed everything Job had. Job lost his health. He lost his wealth. He lost his family. He lost everything. And it wasn't reaping what he sowed. God said Job is blameless in all his ways. And then in chapter 42, he said, You have not spoken right to me like my servant, right about me like my servant Job has. Job was a good man. But sometimes the devil just tears things up around you. Sometimes the circumstances of life just tear things up around you. So then we began to study how God restores our comfort, the state of relaxedness within our soul. And then last week we looked at the fact that God restores full health. Everybody say full health. Gian, are you still here? Where's Gian? Stand up, Gian. This is a young man who had COVID. How many weeks in the hospital? Two weeks in the hospital. Lungs were full of that pneumonia stuff from the COVID-19. Today, his lungs have no scars, no effects, nothing. God restored him to full health in Jesus' name. He's going to do a little testimony, and we'll put it out in one of our evening services for you. But we've learned that God doesn't just make us a little bit better. God restores us to what kind of health? Now I'm going to take several weeks and begin to teach you about how God restores our fortunes. Job chapter 42, verse 10, And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he had prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much. How much? There's that double restoration. Twice as much. There's the double. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Now, there's 55 or 60 different verses on the God, God who restores fortunes. Job 42, verse 10 will be our text, but another one just to throw out there for you. Psalms 53, verse 6. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. When God restores the fortunes of his people... Let Jacob rejoice and let Israel be glad. Everybody say, have a party. When God restores our fortunes, it's not supposed to be sitting around going kawawa, remembering the good old days. It's supposed to be full of rejoicing and full of joy. Now, the Hebrew word here for fortunes does not just refer to material wealth, assets, properties, cars, houses, bank accounts, businesses, etc. It refers not only to the material wealth, but it refers to the general condition, welfare, and happiness that goes with it. Everybody say, the whole quality of life. So not just the assets, but the whole quality of life, God restored to him double. Now I want you to see that when God restores fortunes, it's a total transformation. Psalms 126, verse 4. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the streams in the Negev. Now, that little verse doesn't mean much to us. But to an Israeli, it is 
one of the biggest things you could ever think of. Now the Negev looks like this. And a little over half of Israel, the southern half, the area we don't ever go down into on Israel tour, looks about like this. Now it's not a desert, but it is very, very dry. It's not basically sand like the Sahara Desert or the, the deserts outside of Saudi or Dubai or whatever. It, it's very dry. It looks like dirt with no life in it and a lot of rocks. Rolling hills, craggy rocks, and you keep seeing all of these sharp cutaways, like right down in the bottom center. You see kind of a sharp cutaway going through it. That's a stream in the Negev. Everybody say a stream. Now, if you've ever been with us to Israel, as we drive through some of the, the barren places that look like this in the Jordan Valley, you remember those, it looks like cutaways coming out of the sides of the Rocky Mountains. Starting in November, when the rain begins to flow, all of those things, they're washouts. Everybody say, flash floods. So when the rain begins to flow across the Negev, there's these flash floods that fill up all the streams. And very quickly, starting in around November, it begins to look like this. Beautiful. What used to be just ugly, barren dirt and rocks begins to look like this. And it looks like this. That's a Sister Bev field. And it looks like this, all yellow for as far as you can see. And this happens every year. As the rains hit the Negev, they blossom with flowers. And it's almost an instantaneous thing. Now when God looks at us and he said he's going to restore our fortunes like streams in the Negev, what he's talking about is that there are times in life when it is so difficult, it seems like it's impossible to survive in this environment. Things seem so barren in your life that you think that there's no life, there's no hope, there's nothing future that could ever be good happening in your life. And then suddenly, everybody shout suddenly. Then suddenly, the rain of the Holy Ghost begins to fall upon your life. And all of a sudden, suddenly, that rain begins to fill up the streams in your life. And then suddenly, everything begins to grow. And then suddenly, everything begins to blossom in your life. Suddenly, everything seems to be going your way. Suddenly, business contracts are signed. Suddenly, the money begins to flow. You just look around, and you're like one who dreams. Everybody say, like one who dreams. Now, now, this is how restoration happens. Barrenness is turned into fruitfulness like an instantaneous explosion happening. The restoration that God will bring in your life does not take years. It does not take months. It's a suddenly. It's a what? Say it again. Now, now this is how fortunes are restored. Fortunes are not restored like a little drip at a time. Fortunes are restored with a suddenly. Now, God asks some things from us for this suddenly to occur. I'm going to deal with one of them. I'll deal with the rest of them next week for the sake of time. Job 42, verse 10. And the Lord restored the fortunes of, Jake, of Job when he had prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much. Everybody say, when. When you see a time word in the Bible, you need to circle it because it shows a sequence of actions. Everybody say, sequence. When he had prayed for his friends. In other words, God said, Job, restoration is not going to flow until you make sure that the bitterness 
and the resentment of how you have been treated. The bitterness and resentment about how they have kicked you when you're down and poured condemnation onto you and did nothing but discourage you and hurt you. He said, I want to make sure there's no bitterness, there's no resentment in your heart. So Job, I want you to pray for your friends. You say, but pastor, what about those guys? I mean, grave talaga. They were mean and nasty to Job. Yeah, they were. And Job, and God says in Job chapter 42, verse 7, when the Lord had spoken these words to Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, my anger burns against you. Everybody said God was mad. He said, my anger burns against you and your two friends. For you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. Now, there's a verse you need to remember when you read the book of Job, when you read the words of the comforters, they were not speaking right about God. Everybody said, not speaking right. Job spoke right about God. That's God's testimony. These three comforters, these three friends, they didn't speak right about God. He said, now therefore, take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer a burnt offering for yourselves. Now, this offering is to God. It is a sin offering. It's a what kind of an offering? In other words, go repent and get things right with me. And my servant Job shall pray for you. Now notice, this is in verse 8 and 9. This is before God told Job to pray for them. God knew the heart of Job. God knew that Job would obey. And my servant Job shall pray for you. For I will accept his prayer, not to deal with you according to your foolishness. For you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. And so Eliphaz the Temanite and Bildad the Shuite and Zophar the Naamite went and did as the Lord told them, and the Lord accepted Job's prayer. So God did two things here. Number one, he removed the spiritual pride and arrogance that had brought so much criticism against Job, that had brought so much condemnation against Job. Everybody said they kicked him when he was down. God removed that pride and arrogance from their lives. God vindicated Job. Everybody said vindicated. But then God also looked at Job and said, Job, I, I don't want any bitterness in you. I, I don't want any resentment in you. They kicked you when you're down. I understand that. But they're going to come. They're going to give a sacrifice to me for forgiveness of their sins. And Job, I want you to be the one to pray for them. I want them to humble themselves and come to you for prayer, but I want you to pray for them also. Don't sit there and look at them and laugh at them. You pray for them. And then when Job did, God restored double. Now, application, brothers and sisters. Some of you have been through some very, very hard times. Very difficult times. And people have looked at you and said, ha ha, where's your God? There's no hope for you and God. They've mocked you. They've made fun of you. They've kicked you when you were down. They've taken advantage of your weakness in this time. And they've stepped on you and just, just laughed at you. Now, please, brothers and sisters, you can't let resentment grow in your heart. You can't let bitterness grow in your heart. It stops the blessings. I, I, I can't hear you. I'm used to the cars on Saturday morning. You've got to help me out a little bit. I, I can't hear you. So brothers and sisters, please, take a hard look in your life. And when people come to you and they ask forgiveness, you forgive them. 
and you pray for them for God to bless them in Jesus' name. I, I didn't hear you. Then restoration flows like streams in the Negev. Would you stand with me, please? Would you take out your communion emblems? Would you take out the bread? The greatest restoration that has ever occurred was our salvation. We were created in the image of God. The first Adam lost everything that God had done for us. Jesus, the second Adam, took the punishment of our sins, died on a cross to restore all that God wants to do for us. Amen. Ulita Natan, this bread this represents his body. Represents his body. That was hung on a tree for me. That was hung on a tree for me. To redeem me from the curse of the law. From the curse of the law. That the blessings of Abraham, the covenants of promise would flow to my life. I remember what Jesus did for me. And I proclaim it in Jesus' name. Let us partake of the bread together. If we could take the cup together. Ulitanatan, this cup represents his blood. Represents his blood. That sealed the new covenant. That sealed the new covenant. With the Father from my life. The Father. That washed away all my sin. That washed away all my sin. That made me a new creature in Christ. That made me a new creature in Christ. Justified. Justified. And righteous. Righteous. By his blood. By his blood. I was so precious to him. I was so precious to him. He didn't give a goat or a bull. He didn't give a goat or a bull. He gave his only son. He gave his only son to shed his blood for me. Shed his blood for me. He loved me that much. He loved me that much. And I will love him with all of my life. All of my life. In Jesus' name. Let us partake of the cup together. sons and daughters right now many of them feel like their whole lives is that Negev desert right now but oh God you've got such wonderful things in store for them oh you're going to restore their fortunes father double they're going to see business flow they're going to see sales flow they're going to see openings and opportunities and doors that they never dreamed possible father let them see that suddenly let them see the reality of their God in their lives. Amen. And Father, let, may there be no place for bitterness. May there be no place for resentment for all the yes, harsh Lord. words people have spoken to them and spoken about them. 
Father, let their hearts be soft and tender in your presence. Let their hearts be clear before you, Father. And Lord, let that twofold restoration flow like streams in the Negev. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So all my life you have been faithful and all my life you have been faithful at everybody and shout God's got double restoration for me God's got double restoration. how many of you believe that yes. are you sure yes. keep your heart right in Jesus name yes. but pastor you don't know what they said to me look at what they said to Job it can't be worse than what they did to Job please brothers and sisters Keep your heart right. Think of all the things people said to Jesus. Wow. Think of all the things people said to the Apostle Paul. Sometimes I look at the young pastors and they're all hurt and upset and I say, hey, they haven't stoned you and left her if you're dead yet. They haven't beaten you with rods yet. They haven't crucified you and killed you and buried you yet. You're ahead of Paul, you're ahead of Jesus. Just keep your heart right. God's got good things for you. Amen. Amen? Amen? All right, you may be seated. If you put your tithe in the red envelopes, your seed in the blue envelopes, here in Maine, south, east, north, whenever you're ready, come, bring your tithe and seed before the Lord.